Hello campers and welcome to another episode of Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we spoil games and the occasional movie. Gather around the campfire because this time we're leaving the safety of the campgrounds and entering the mother lobe. That's right, Junior Psychonauts, we're here to spoil Double Fine's Psychonauts 2. Let me introduce you to the crew joining on the discussion in this episode. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Rich Meister, the writer of today's script. I'm just happy to be here doing this for the first time. I am too. You know, like, uh, we, we prepared long and hard for this, and I'm glad that the fruits of our labor will not go unnoticed. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely nighttime, and this is the first take. This is the absolute first take. We don't do second takes here. Ever. But... How you doing this morning? Um, next question. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like nine, 98 times out of 100, which would be like 49 out of 50 times, I guess. But uh, you guys are awake at night, and I'm awake in the morning, and I'm the one trying to get into the swing of things. But this time, the roles are reversed. How does it feel? Not great. <laughs> I, well, I'm a I'm an early bird actually, so I, I I prefer it. Uh, what time is it there right now for you? It's 10 p.m. Okay, don't you normally in bed by now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm an old ass man, so I would have been asleep a half hour ago. But nah, I we are here, ready to talk about Psychonauts two. I'm excited, man. Do you um, know? The most disappointing thing I didn't realize, and the reason we're, we could do this today is because it's my day off. I had my dates mixed up on my calendar, so I thought it was tomorrow. And do you know why that's disappointing? Because I thought as soon as we were done here, I was going to get to play the Halo Infinite campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Mm. No, you actually get to go and finish Eastward. I finished Eastward six months ago. <laughs> and Earthborn. I... All right, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. But we're not here to talk about uh, Earthborn or Eastward yet. Unless you want But I'm glad you're here, buddy. Thank you for joining me on this most early of mornings. It's much appreciated. Because mm. you're contractually obligated. But also, please welcome to the show a long-time fans, lover. Yeah. <laughs> a long-time lover of the first Psychonauts, Mr. Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I don't know yet. TBD? I usually, I usually don't know until around noon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine this is hitting you the hardest, Josh, because you usually stay up until the wee hours in the morning. Yeah, I'm I'm not usually awake before God. Um, <laughs> so this is, well, this is a new you know, experience. People don't call me that anymore. Mm-hmm. I usually stay, I do, I usually stay up, uh, you know, late enough so God can't see me sin, mm. and then I sleep into the afternoon. Well, good thing uh, 
I'm not going to keep going with me being bad. <laughs> Actually, no, you should, definitely, you should definitely keep doing that. I think that's a good bit. Yeah. It, I, I, I didn't even think it was funny. I was Someone like, asks I you if you're a god. You, you say, say yes. yes. According to Vertical Horizon, which is a uh, a reference that shows my age a little bit. I assume we were going with Ghostbusters, but yeah, that's we were both riding that Ghostbusters train. I well, I was derailing that train. Mm. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Listen here, honey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Josh, um, you pretty excited to talk about this game for the first time? Yeah, yeah, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I do know how much you love this series, so I'm actually really excited to uh, talk about it with you guys. So. For the first time. For the first time. <laughs> and I'm Shay Layton, a newcomer to the series and your host in this discussion. Um, I have contracted a cold, so I might be a little bit more sniffly than usual. I might cough here and there. My voice is probably sounding a little bit mm. like down and out. Don't worry. I'm not depressed. Haven't, no one's holding me here against that's my me. will. That's me. Haven't hacked up all those tonsil <laughs> stones yet. Ugh. Those things smell so bad. Why stop smelling them? Would you smell them? I mean, it, or you just mean on your breath? You, you know what? Let's talk, about, let's, let's talk about that after the show because okay. we're going to gross people out as I explain that. It, I promise I will explain myself after the show. I will not forget <laughs> that. But um, I no, I, I'm not depressed. I promise. I'm just sick. So. Uh, bear with me. I will try and muster the energy and the enthusiasm that I usually have. Um, I promise I'm not bored. I just low energy trying to fight this cold. And uh, bear with me. That's all I ask. I will do my best. But let's waste no more time and get into the show. So from this point on, there will be spoilers. So if you are concerned with getting spoiled on the game, Please go play it and come back to listen when you have completed it. It's a fairly lengthy game, especially if you plan to collect everything. But now, turn the lights down low. Slip into something more comfortable. Slap a miniature door onto the back of your cranium. Wapow! And sip on an exquisitely flavored beverage as we tell you a tale. By the fireplace. En route to the mother lobe, after capturing Lobato and recovering the comatose body of Truman, Raz joins the other psychonauts inside Lobato's mind to learn his co-conspirator's identity. But they find his psyche secured against their efforts. However, Raz sees a vision of a woman whom Sasha identifies as Maligula a cruel hydrokinetic who flooded and destroyed the capital of the fictional nation of Grulovia, Raz's ancestral homeland. Maligula is believed to have been killed by the Psychic Six, but her followers, the Delusionists, have looked to necromancy to resurrect her. The senior agents also suspect a da-da-da double agent Within the Psychonauts, aided Lobato in kidnapping Truman. For returning players, did you fall for the Inception-style opening inside Lobato's head? 
Did you think starting out with some cognitive deception sets a good tone? Now, Rich, since you wrote this question, I'm going to throw it to you first. Yes, dear. Um, <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love all their, their tone establishing. And I, again, I don't, I don't, not again, this is the first time. Um, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, how obvious it was to you as someone like entering the series for the first time, Shay, but they do a really good job of not spelling it out for you until you get a full grasp of the situation, but making it clear that something is weird and doesn't make sense, like Raz hanging out in this cubicle and, and the idea of making Psychonauts headquarters because that's what you're supposed to be perceiving it as at first. Uh, like this very sterile office environment. And you can't quite pinpoint what's going wrong right up until the moment when their Lobato is winning employee of the month. And you're trying to be like, wait a minute, what is happening here? Yeah, I I will reflect and say uh, before we let Josh get, go off on this question. One thing that they do really well at the beginning of this game is they give you a kind of um, a a wrap up of what happened in the first game in Rhombus or Ruin to some extent. So when you jump in, you have some context, and it's it's nice for two reasons. One, since you know, for me, I didn't play either of those games before coming into Psychonauts 2, I was like, okay, I know what's going on, which is really helpful for the story, but also it really sets the tone as well. So with what you're talking about, how the office feels sterile, it's like, that's not the vibe I got at all from that intro video. So something definitely feels off. They do a really good job of painting that early on. Now, Josh, did you fall... Fall for the Inception style opening inside Lobato's head, and did you think starting out with some cognitive deception sets a good tone? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of playing off of both those things that the 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 recap thing narrated by Raz, um, and then right into that, I think it does a good job of kind of getting used to the idea of like an unreliable narrator. In, in a certain way, um, which is kind of something that, you know, they, they touch on here and there. Um, not, not even necessarily unreliable so much as, as like, you know, doesn't have the f- whole picture or, or, or something like that, which is something they play Not deliberately with. misleading. Yes, yes. Like, I mean, for example, in both games, if Raz sees something that you know you as a player wouldn't recognize at first he'll often you know kind of pipe up with oh i read about this in in psychic tales number 85 um because he's learned about a lot of this from comic books because he's a fucking dork <laughs> yeah as a kid which is pretty great to a give you context and b have you also know that it's from a comic book it, it's it's you know take it with a grain of salt um but yeah, having having the office scene, which is something as a longtime fan, you've you've wanted to see for such a long time. Like, oh, what what is um, the headquarters actually like? Uh, and then showing up there, and it's it's all a bunch of cubicles and and you know gray offices. It's like, oh no, <laughs> this can't be it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, and and they did I I think a great job of having that kind of you know be a shock to you as well and then having it, you know, start to fall apart. Just pull the rug out from under you, yeah. Was 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 really cool. Yeah. And I also like the you know to kind of go off or add to that rather is that I think by them doing that at the beginning of the game, Double Fine doing that, that it establishes the twists that come later and not that it establishes them, but the possibility that they could happen. It establishes that the story is not going to be easy necessarily to digest. There are going to be twists and turns and it's better that we prepare you early on for that. That way, when they do come, even if they surprise you, you are able go you're going to be somewhat expecting that they can happen that way it's not completely out of left field if that makes sense yeah yeah i think so you make sense yeah well let's jump into the next section at the mother lobe hollis assigns raz to work as an intern in the mail room under nick raz finds nick's brainless body and a key to a room at the lady lucktopus casino Raz enters Hollis's mind to convince her that sending the interns on the mission would be a good idea. However, once there, Raz's manipulation brings out Hollis's latent gambling addiction, and Raz is forced to undo this to get the mission back on track. Inside the room, Raz finds evidence of the delusionists as well as a slip of paper indicting Lily as the double agent, which he keeps to himself. So, Josh, while most of the campers from the original are ditched in this sequel, save for Raz and Lily, the new interns are pretty interesting. Did anyone, and Josh, I'm throwing it to you first, have a standout favorite intern? It's so hard to say to not say well like like we talked la- about last time every single what do you time mean last we do time? yeah you mean the first time y- yes exactly so hard not to say that every single time we do one of these it's it's it actually kind of goes well with this with this game as far as anyway um <laughs> um I, I i think i think all of them are fairly fleshed out some of them i kind of wanted more from um but i I think the standout is sam um uh sam bull who if you that's right if you've played the first one you kind of you know the you would have known her brother dogan um and uh just seeing her be um kind of another take on that you know talking to animals and what all that would entail um from personality is really good um her 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 jokes are just some of the best by a lot um it's it's just yeah really really great character on on their own but you know they're just hilarious as well i mean all the characters all the new interns are pretty awesome but i just i love 
Sam so much for so many reasons. And one of my favorite memories from this game is when they're on this mission that I was just talking about, and Raz is sliding down this big ramp to try and jump to the next part of the casino to uh, help finish the mission. And each one of the new interns are using their special ability to help Raz. And it comes to Sam, and Raz is like, what are you doing? And Sam's like, the power of whales and just a giant whale just drops out of nowhere onto the ramp and and raz (laughs) lands right in the blowhole and the whale shoots raz after being surprised that someone entered it (laughs) i said that that very sexually on purpose just so you know um and um someone came in the back door that moment was probably one of my favorite moments in the game but other moments, such as when you go to the abandoned diner outside of the uh, questionable headquarters, area. and she's there talking to the animals and having conversations with them, or mm-hmm. the time when Raz meets her in the headquarters and she's tapping on the glass of one of the aquariums, and Raz is like, I'm pretty sure you're specifically not supposed to do that. And she's like, Actually, no, it's really good for them. You see, because they're so paraphrasing here they're so sedentary in their aquariums that by tapping on the glass that gets their heart rate moving and keeps them energetic and fresh and then it pans to the fish who are shake violently shaking and afraid (laughs) Uh, yeah just some expert writing and her character is a benefactor of that and it's it's also worth noting um and and josh can probably more so attest to this like she is an interesting take on that whole thing they established with Dogen in the first game, but she's not just a retread of Dogen. It's not yeah, just yeah. female Dogen. She's her own character, and she's great. Yeah, yeah. She's not the only bull you meet in this game, and it's neat because they're kind of their family uh, trait is that they can talk to animals, um, and, and they all and, deal with that very differently. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like with with Dogen being just overwhelmed with it, the the poor kid who ends up having to wear a tinfoil hat all the time to stop the thoughts from yeah stop the the thoughts from 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 getting to him constantly because it's just overwhelming and he can't stop the squirrels from talking to him um it accidentally makes their heads explode if he doesn't wear a tinfoil hat <laughs> poor dogan yeah rest in peace mm-hmm. dogan's Wait, did alive. he die <laughs> damn it i was hoping i would i would land with that one fuck well i like i said i didn't play the first game yeah dogan was one of those characters that i feel like people were initially bummed that he wasn't in this game hmm. uh, naturally but i think you know from what limited i know of him and sam i think sam was a great successor yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so all right let's jump back in Raz returns to Lily by Truman's side to reveal the paper he found. But she refuses to believe it and runs off. To Raz's surprise, Truman speaks to him, his silent state in act. Truman urges Raz to bring Ford Kruller to the mother lobe and reconstitute his split personalities as he holds the secret behind Maligula. Raz does so along the way 
helping the other Psychic Six members with their own mental traumas that had developed after their fight with Maligula. So Psychonauts, as well as the sequel, deal with some pretty heavy topics like depression, addiction, and trauma. How do you think the game does with handling these topics, and what are some standouts for you? I'm going to go first on this one, and then I'll let you guys cut in afterwards. This will probably be one of the only questions I go first on. Um, as I'm telling you guys this for the uh, the very absolute first time, I know that you guys uh, have not heard my thoughts on this before. Is that correct? That's correct, so I definitely won't tune out. Okay. I mean, you would never do that anyways. But sorry, you're what? especially not going to do that this time. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Oh, okay. Um, well, thank you for that. No, um, my my favorite story here, and that kind of ties into this question, is Bob Zanotto's story, where... I like it for so many reasons, partially because of how the the level design changes and you drive that ship to various islands. And uh, basically his story, his part of the story is he has all these self-doubts that he's telling himself. And this is from the trauma of losing to Maligula. And it also is supposed to be a, an embodiment or an, a representation of the self-doubt we all have in ourselves. And basically, the three people he cares about the most um, show up in this this manifestation in his mind, telling him that he's not worth anything, he's a loser, he can't do anything, he's old, he's incapable. When in reality, when you get to the end of his story, you realize nobody's telling him that. He's telling himself that, and he's using these manifestations and these insecurities to to mask that what to be what it truly is. And he has this really heartfelt moment with um, his lover helmet at the end of that. And it's, it's such a beautiful moment. It's one of my favorite moments in the game, but to me, I think they handled that really well because we all have some trauma. I think whether it's minor or major with, trusting in our own abilities and capabilities so for me i was able to relate to that story a lot so for me personally mm-hmm. i think they did a really good job because they kept it lighthearted and fun but they also were able to address the topic as well or these these heavier topics as well so rich you wrote the question how about you uh uh give some input into this question Sure. Um, that that's a great pick, and that I think that's definitely a standout. Um, the one that my brain gets drawn to, and probably because I had the most time to reflect on it, like when I was writing the review for this and thinking about this game and all this crap, um, is one of the very first uh brains you enter, which is Hollis's brain, uh, when you sort of force this gambling addiction upon her, and then reconcile that and one of the reasons i think it is stand out and how they handle those issues is because one much like zanato's brain they sort of have fun with the level design and, and have a laugh at it and all that but then that is i think when psychonauts 2 establishes its tone so perfectly is when razzhurst has that conversation with hollis afterwards where it's like listen i'm not mad at you for what you did but like you need to understand why you can't do that why you you entered my brain and messed with the way I think. And like, that's not okay. 
and they mm-hmm. they really like draw a hard line with it and i in a way that is just smart because it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard to be like no we're super serious like it just comes off as this genuine moment and even the other psychonauts like sasha is kind of having this thought of like oh well then we'll just suspend raj from working on all this but hollis is the one who actually had her brain messed with is the one who's like no you need to give him a second chance but he needs to understand why you can't do this yeah yeah i i the one thing i'll say before i throw it to josh is that i it reminds me a lot of kind of being human and just like the human condition when we have a lot of trauma depression um things like addiction i think a lot of people kind of resort to humor to mask these things that they're dealing with because they don't want others to worry about them and they also don't want to confront their own issues and that's kind of not directly what's happening here, but it kind of reminds me of that in some ways is like the humor of course always exists there, but there are times like the humor exists to mask those things as well. And for me, that made what they were describing or talking about here a lot more genuine for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh. Uh, yeah. So what what are your takes on this question? Um, I mean, yeah, like, like Rich said, I think having Hollis, I mean, other than obviously the, you know, the fairly short introduction with, you know, um, the, you know, the fake out and everything before you actually really get to uh, Psychonauts HQ. Um, other than that, like, the fr- again, the first brain you go into training as an actual Psychonaut now is Hollis's, and they really do a good job of setting the tone of kind of showing how they are going to take a lot of this more seriously. And it's not like it was treated flippantly in the first one, but it was a lot more focused on the jokes um, in Psychonauts one and, and having the tone set right away um, with, with Hollis is, is really good. And I, I feel like they followed that through, through the rest of the game. Um, really well really well by taking things more gently or 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 seriously um but but still still having a lot of fun with it not a lot of people kind of assume you need to completely you, you it's stuff you can't joke about um and kind of kind of like you said a lot of times the humor is something that helps you deal with a lot of these issues and i think it's good to see that not that that's the only way to address but it can make it more easy. palatable for a lot yeah, of people yeah it can well yeah yeah i think that's one of the things i do appreciate about the game as well is that they address it in multiple ways as well because i think that they have some cognizance to realize that not everybody handles it with a sense of humor mm-hmm. so uh before we continue on with the story we just have a few quick announcements if this is your first time here welcome to the show i know that everyone in the world 
asks this question, but if you could please subscribe to the show, it really will help us a lot. Also, if you want more content from us after you're done with this episode, please head over to SoreChomp.com where we have more podcasts for you to listen to, an article section where we write reviews and opinion pieces on gaming, a merch store that has multiple designs for your viewing leisure, and a lot more. Lastly, if you want to help us continue to make content in the foreseeable future, the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com slash where you can find a lot of ways to keep our engines running while also getting rewarded for it. Now, back to the story. Once Ford is whole, he explains to Raz that Maligula is really Lucretia Lucy Mux, the previously unknown seventh member of the Psychic Six who was in a romantic relationship with Ford. Lucretia returned to her Grulovia homeland to quell an uprising, but under the abusive treatment of Grulovia's leader, Tsar Theodore, Lucretia had created the Maligula personality as a fight-or-flight complex. Maligula went out of control, flooding the country, killing peaceful protesters, and forcing the Tsar and his family into exile in fear. The Psychic Six defeated Maligula, but instead of killing her, Ford secretly used one of Otto's inventions, the astrolathe, to alter Lucretia's mind to bury the Maligula personality deep inside her and to make Lucretia believe she was Marona Aquato, Rasputin's grandmother, her sister who had died in the flooding. Ford also altered Marona's son Augustus's memories to accept Lucretia as his mother. Finally, Ford splits his own mind with the astrolabe to hide the secret and forget about Lucretia. Raz, horrified by the revelation, wants to warn his family, but Ford warns that this might unleash Maligula. So, Nona is Maligula, Maligula is Nona, Finkel is Einhorn, the big reveal. Did this one take you guys by surprise, or did you see it coming? Rich. Uh, I think the actual reveal is, it's telegraphed in some ways, but it, it's hidden pretty well. Um, so it, it, it did, I wasn't quite expecting it to go the way it goes, but I think it's interesting, if a little bit convoluted at times, that it does. Uh, it, it's satisfying because it answers about a million questions from the first one in terms of... Raz's family cursed that the Aquatos will all die in water and their aversion to psychics, which I, I didn't put it together until like as I, I was wrapping this game up and doing the review and all that, that I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, like the real Lucy would have been the actual like psychic in the Rasputin family circus. Like there was there was connective tissue to all of this, like and in in a kind of interesting way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Josh? Um, I didn't see it coming until, you know... It peaked uh, right it, all over you? Like, I don't know, like an hour or so before it starts, you know, all coming together. Like, it's like, oh, all right, you can, you can see where the pieces are, are finally coming together. But it's like, 
a it, it, it's really hidden in plain sight uh in a lot of ways um through a lot of known as behavior too which is when you start to realize that it's because ford basically programmed her to be averse to things that might trigger those memories mm-hmm yeah, I like the reveal too, where they're like, "It's it's a uh, Nona," and she's like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> she's like, "She's like, no, like no she's idea." Like, that, what's do- going that doesn't on. make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't even like it's so much so that she doesn't even care. She's like, "Yeah, whatever." She's still just doing her own thing. She's like, "Raz, you remember not to go near the water, right, dear?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the comedic timing of it is really good. Um, yeah that's that's what's so good about this fucking game man is the humor is just on point all the time Mm -hmm. and even during these big reveals they land it so well because of the humor yeah absolutely um i didn't see it coming at all to be honest with you like there are hints of it but no i i didn't know it was going to be her i thought that it was um Who's the second in command? I, I forgot her name all of a sudden. Um, the, the Hall- tall woman who has Hollis? the addiction. Hollis. Hmm. Yeah. I thought it was Hollis for the longest time. Also, to, and to be fair, Shay, what probably gives Josh and I a little bit more insight to it is you were probably expecting less than us because you had not played the first game. Like, basically, it's been 15 years. There's no way they aren't going to give us answers about the stuff with Raz's family. So tying it into the bigger plot makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot more sense. So, yeah, for me, I didn't have quite that level of context. So, yeah, yeah, it's all good though. I, I, the surprise was there, and it was great, and I loved I loved the fact that I got surprised. So, mm-hmm. all right, back to the story. Ford and Raz find Nona in the nearby Green Needle Gulch, the home of the Psychic Six where the astrolathe is kept. Nona shows signs of remembering her time as Lucretia, and Ford determines that with the help of the Psychic Six, they need to use the astrolathe to create a deeper, further hole in Nona's mind to banish the Maligula personality for good. Within Nona's mind, they learn that she had been already recalling elements of Lucretia much earlier as she was the one to convince Raz to go to Whispering Rock as an indirect means to call for help from the Psychonauts. As Ford and Raz prepare to banish Maligula, Raz is suddenly pulled out of Nona's mind by Truman. Finding Truman's actions suspicious, Raz enters his mind accompanied by Lily. Or Lily. Why did I say Lily? Lily. 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 I think you're thinking. I think you're thinking of Lilu. <laughs> yeah, probably. What's Lilu? Multipass. <laughs> the fifth <laughs> element. <laughs> Meow. And they discovered that his brain is actually actually that of Crystal Malik, Czar Theodore's spoiled son. Malik posed as Nick to infiltrate the Psychonauts and get revenge for his family's fall from grace and instituted a plan to have Lobato replace Truman's brain with his, using Truman's position to revive Maligula, destroy the Psychonauts, and reconquer Grulovia. 
So the game attempts to address classism in an interesting way by including a character who has fallen from their high social standing and showing the lengths Crystal Malik is willing to go to regain his status. In your guys' opinion, and I'll throw it to you first, Josh, does this have relevance for modern day society, or do you view it as more of a vessel to further the narrative in the game? Um, I think it absolutely has relevance to today. Um, having having a a villain who is basically just the most entitled little shit um you know trying to manipulate everyone to you know to do a what he wants but b what he thinks he deserves and um like eventually we end up going in his mind as well and seeing a lot of this playing out seeing how he views himself, how much he thinks he's owed, um, you know, because he grew up as a deposed monarch, essentially. Like, oh, no, like, I am I was born to be worshipped and, you know, get my way. And then not having that be reality, I th- I think, was a really good way to kind of show that really self-centered... authoritarian bent that sadly is eating most of the world right now. Um, Hooray. And, and and I think they do a really good job of kind of explaining a lot of, a lot of that without, without um, like endorsing any of it, just kind of showing how that mindset um, can be so insidious, but you know, also not really forgiving it either. Right? Yeah. Uh, Rich, um, do you have anything you want to add, or a different um, way you want to analyze that question? Um, I mean, I think my take is similar. Uh, there's nothing more relatable in the year of our Lord 2021 than out of touch rich person doesn't understand anything. Uh, but like they, they make, by the way, God, I fucking, this is the first time I'm saying this and not the second, but, uh, <laughs> like I felt like such an asshole for not realizing that they're like immediately dismissing Nick as a character of interest, despite everything going on. The man's name is Nick John Smith. Yeah, I it's like yeah. he pulled a fake name out of a hat. Uh-huh. As I am now saying for the uh, first time, yeah, I didn't even think about that name when it yeah, happened. No. I was just like, that's a weird name, but okay, whatever. <laughs> that's funny. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's such an like just out of touch asshole, like unlikable at every turn. Like e- even despite quote unquote terrible things happening for him he's impossible to sympathize with because he's such an insufferable prick Mm -hmm. yep 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 i um what i'll say is that i wrote this question because i figured you guys would have more input than i would to be honest with you i think that it is applicable but i don't have any specific examples in my life really where this this 
has relevance. I just think that I think um, it's more of a societal implications. Like I'm not. Yeah, there, there's no real yeah. analog in my day to day. Yeah, I th- I think you could look at it like. I don't know, from the most simplest basic example, something like people who chase clout on the internet and, you know, they like lose you. some of that clout, so they try and regain some of that clout by, you know, morally questionable means. Um. Yeah, that's fair. And, and there's even slight, like, small ways that they really telegraph how warped his perspective is in terms of, like, how self-important he thinks he is. His psyche is basically Disney's haunted mansion, but about his life. That's true. That's true. And that section is so good. That's by far one of the best parts of the entire game. It's such an interesting way to dump all that lore because it just like, I think I got up to that part like very late at night and I should have gone to bed, but I'm like, I got to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. It's, that's what I like. It's a testament to this game that each section feels so vastly different. And they're also interesting too. Yeah, and, it, and also it's pulling back that curtain on like, as you're learning more and more, you're like, this is the guy Lobato was so afraid of. Hmm. Well, what's kind of crazy is they introduce this new character so late into the game, but he feels completely viable as well. And I because think he's that been also- there pulling the strings the whole time. I mean, yes, but you don't really know it. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the introduction is actually happens at about this moment. But what's fascinating to me is that I think that also, in part, speaks to the original question as well, because it's so easy to manipulate and deceive public. You know, like, this, all jokes aside, because, uh, um, I don't know if I want to reveal, like, do can I reveal that this is not the first time we're recording this that way? Or is it going to ruin the joke? Because <gasps> we've been so secretive about it the whole time. Well, I like, I don't know if you want to get any more jokes in, but like the podcast is almost done. Like, here's the one thing that will actually be vastly different from the first time we recorded in all seriousness. So tonight, while I was doing some meal prepping, because I was sick yesterday and Sunday, um, I was watching some YouTube videos on this this uh, guy who went to grad school for psychology and he's also a magician randy pickford go on i was (laughs) was watching some of his videos talking about basically um different concepts of magic and whatnot and why they work so well and i can't remember the name of it now it's the three card shuffling trick and there's a specific name three cards something Monty monty or something like that okay yeah, the three card fuck shack. <laughs> I like that name better. It's a but good basically, name. basically, he showed how to do it at different levels. Which you doesn't know, that break the magician's code? Well, won't he be? There, there's a reason why. Because the second part of the video, after he shows you the ten levels, which not everybody gets it, as I was reading in the comments, that you should never participate in a three card monty because. The whole purpose of it is you have all these, like, you have this whole crowd, and it's supposed to appear as if it's the crowd versus the one guy. But, and I'm sure you guys already knew this, but I didn't know this. A lot of the crowd actually works for this guy. You know, you have different people in there, 
and it's all supposed to be for the effect of the one person who comes off the street who yeah, thinks all oh, plants right mm-hmm. exactly and there's basically no possible way you can win the game because of uh false truths with hiding a lie amidst a bunch of truths about like all these different things that are basically designed to where you cannot win three card monty and it's actually banned in a lot of states almost all of them and in some countries as well yeah and the reason why i'm talking about this is because that's kind of what's going on here is that all this subterfuge is happening all these um like you said rich all these strings are being pulled and you don't really know what's happening until it's finally revealed but it's it's this character who's going through all this extraordinary amount of length, like putting his brain in literally somebody else just to try and regain his status. And it to me, that's like on par with, um, you know, some of the things that we 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 learn about um, people and their status, you know, just earlier this week that that sony executive got (laughs) ousted for (laughs) trying to uh do unspeakable things with a minor and like that comes from a place of power that that person tries to do that and it's like also being fucking gross that that as well yeah absolutely but yeah this definitely has some relevancy to current day life in terms of like social status and what people are willing to go through to have that power and and that social status over others Um, yeah it's pretty gross Mm -hmm. so uh off my soapbox now and on to the mad dash of the story because we're almost at the end boys the rest of the psychonauts arrive for the first time the rest of the psychonauts arrive too late to prevent maligula's reawakening which takes them all but raz and lily by a hurricane As Lily goes away to find Truman's brain, Raz races back to his family, who figured the truth out as Augustus has regained his lost memories. But they still assist Raz in reaching her and entering her mind. I should have paused there. Reaching her and entering her mind. Raz battles Maligula with the other interns. Just like the whale. (laughs) Just like the whale. Same thing if you think about it. Who doesn't love a good gilf joke? (laughs) Weakening her her until Nona can come outside and both work together to push Malegula into the dark depths created by the astrolabe. As Nona is returned to her family and pardoned by the psychonauts, Truman's brain is returned to his body while Gristle Malik is put in psycho-isolation for his crimes. Raz and the interns graduate and are pronounced dead. No, uh, pronounced junior agents. In a post-credit scene, Raz witnesses Lobato escaping back to Whispering Rock to pick up his son. That's the end of the game. So the juxtaposition of the whimsical storytelling, characters, and music versus the heavier subject matter is a calculated choice by Double Fine. Rich, do you prefer this kind of storytelling when it is told in such a way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, prefer is such a weird way to put it. I like I get what you're getting at, but um, 
it's such a case by case basis in in this example in Psychonauts and a lot of Double Fine storytelling. I think it really excels. It makes some of the the heftier topics more palatable, and it's just fun. Like their their world building and their characters are like second to none, and um, they're able to tread topics that I feel like if told in different ways a lot of the time, and we have seen it. Um, in games, particularly games made by people like David Cage, um, that just are up their own ass and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just too much sometimes. But this, I feel like they've got such a great balance here, and everything comes across. Amazing. Cage is catching strays for no reason today. Not for no reason, for existing because he sucks. Never gonna forgive him for killing Milo. I mean, I haven't forgiven him for a thing he hasn't done yet, which is that they're, uh, you know, letting him make a Star Wars game, which seems like the worst thing you could do. Jason! Jason! I don't That's know. That's my son, Jason. I'm looking forward Jason. To, to mashing buttons to make Boba Fett brush his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Press A to bend down to pick up the toothbrush that you dropped. Mm-hmm. Ignite jetpack. <laughs> Press triangle to stab Jar Jar Binks in the throat. Quantic dreams, Star Wars bounty hunter. And it was really missed that, opportunity. Well, okay. You didn't use the mic on the controller before, and hopefully they'll make you make sound effects to go along with all the action. Make on lightsaber. Screen. Make yeah. lightsaber. Boom, boom is how you actually. You have That's to... how you swing your lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You need to make this. Sound. Yeah, no, it's not motion controls or anything button related like you'd think you just you just make noises now rich would you forgive him if in the star wars game he gives you the ability to kill jar jar binks i'll never forgive him okay well back to back to the actual game we're talking about josh do you prefer this kind of storytelling when told in such a way um I mean, kind of like Rich was saying, it... it, it, it fuck David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> he just doubles down on that. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. Uh, um, I, I mean, we, we kind of mentioned this earlier, um, but I, I, I think the comedy is a really good way of disarming you and kind of opening you up to some of these topics that would be a little bit heavy to, you know try to broach head on with without something to to sugar that pill um and i think they do a really good job of kind of kind of marrying that the, those two tones together um in a way that a lot of people don't do well um this is it's it's not something that goes off without a hitch every time um but yeah i I think double fine is very good at it and um i mean obviously tim schaefer coming in with you know decades of experience writing dialogue like this from lucas he's only gotten better over the years yeah yeah it's 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 i i i i have a real soft spot for that type of storytelling um and i think i think this is one of if not the best example of it yeah yeah i i i don't have much to add i 
wouldn't necessarily say I prefer it because there are moments where I do like the solemn, moody storytelling mm-hmm. of these same topics. But if it's done right, like this game, yeah, I'm no all, all on board for it because it has the humor, but it also has the solemnity that some of these topics need. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. If do right, mm-hmm. no can defend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this question is more for you guys. Um, does it outdo the original? Is this the rare universe- universally better sequel? Rich. Um, I, I think, yeah. Um, I, the one thing I always will give the original is I feel like there is some truly outstanding, like, and this is less about the story, because I do think the story stuff is handled universally better across the board here. Like, the one up I'll always give the first one is, I feel like there's some universally exceptional level design in the first one, Mm. whereas this one just has some across the board, like, consistently better stuff. Um... But as much as I love the first game and will always love that first game, I do think there is, like, that studio has only grown in the time since the first one, and the storytelling is universally better. Not, And that's not me saying the first one is bad. This is just a an improvement on something that was already pretty great. That's fair. Yeah. Josh, how do you feel about that? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I think, kind of like Rich is saying, the story is handled with... more care in this one which which again it's one of those things a lot of times you're comparing things everyone's like oh man i can't believe you'd say that about whatever you're you know comparing unfavorably but this this is still like a matter of you know both these things are top tiers just an improvement yes um the kind of like rich was saying a lot of the level design in the first one was really cool because it was much more physics-y and weird and experimental at the time uh which led to some higher highs and some lower lows mm-hmm. as far as the level design went um this you plays could, it a little safer yeah you could do some insane stuff with the movement in the first game which as, as someone who's played it dozens of times at this point like i you know, knew how to do skips and and all these crazy things with the physics, and I immediately got into Psychonauts 2, and I'm trying to do the same sort of mechanics, and everything is much more locked down as far as making sure that jumps are consistent and uh, everything is easier to accomplish, but also... It, it, it's you it's more intentional. You, yeah, it's way much more intentional. You can't just break stuff because you feel like it. Um, which I think is good. I think I think most people are going to appreciate to not having been a mistake. Exactly. I, I obvious. I a lot of people would have completely bounced off of the first game whenever you get to some of those levels that are just tougher to you know parse or to or to get through with some wonky mechanics of the first one um if you're not really familiar with it and i think it makes more sense to have it just be generally solid than kind of swing as wildly as the first one did 
Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I can't add to this, so I trust you guys, but I know that this game was a lot of fun for me. So this going into our final question, would you recommend this game? For me, yeah, I absolutely would. Uh, I had no context to the first game other than what Josh has told me over the years to play this game, play this game, play this game, (laughs) which I need to now, the first one. Um, The second one has been a revelation for me. I think it's a really, really, really solid game where it marries the past and the present in such a beautiful way. The humor, you would think that the original being a PS2 game, the humor wouldn't hold up. It very much holds up especially if it's your humor style that this game presents. And it has many different humor styles. The writing in this is superb, both story and character. The music is awesome, as you will hear in our Game of the Year show, if you haven't already listened to it yet. We talked about the music a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's just an all-around really good game. And the fact that it's on Game Pass as of right now still, and if you have Game Pass, that means you can play it for the low price of the membership that you already pay. And, so. Yeah, it's an Xbox owned studio, so you, it's going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So, this game is phenomenal. Had so much fun with it, way more than I expected it to. Can't recommend it enough. So, Rich, would you recommend Psychonauts 2? Oh yeah, it's one of the the best games of the year. Thank you. And Josh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. I think you covered it. <laughs> I was totally kidding. If you want to say more, please. Yeah, well, fuck you. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. no that, you, honey. That's really it. Um, I Exceptional game. I don't really have much to add. Definitely worth your time. Cool. Josh? Uh, absolutely. I think... There's... The, uh, a lot of times, narrative games end up feeling distinct from a fun game and this is both games aren't fun um it's it's something that you can it it sorry i'm getting myself on on a tangent the the (laughs) it it reminds me a lot of something like a like a Mel Brooks movie as far as we're we're going to just fill this thing to the brim with humor but not in a way that pushes out everything else um of value in the story and it's really cool seeing that type of storytelling in the game um sweet pot shot at Seth MacFarlane <laughs> is that what that was for me. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a sick burn. Got him. No Zambo before the year's end? Zambo, you suck at writing, Seth. I don't know. The Orville's pretty good. I don't, I don't know what that is. You mean like the popcorn? It's delicious. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like the lightly buttered one. You know, mm. Josh... If just once in a while you would show that same ability to try and cover up for a shitty joke for Rich like like you or for me like you do for Rich, the world would be a little bit better because that was a fucking shitty for joke. You, for you, maybe. And you covered for him. Hmm. And I'm very flabbergasted 
Really? It's Orville, it's Orville Redenbacher. He's a popcorn man. You've never covered for me like that, ever. Wow. That's not true. That's not true. I, that's not true. <laughs> it's late and my feelings are hurt right now. <laughs> well, get your story straight. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but no, um, to tie it all up, this game is phenomenal. Um, obviously, 98% of the time that we talk about things on this podcast, we're recommending them because why would we talk about them otherwise? But um, it's good to know if, like, you know, yeah, maybe we recommend it, but wait for a sale or something like that. Nah. I mean, it's on Game Pass. No reason not to play it. But if you really like it, just buy the damn thing and support the studio. Because uh, it wouldn't hurt to get um, it wouldn't hurt to get a, a third game in the series because mm-hmm. it's awesome. So, but that's just going to about do, do it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we uh, shut this shit down? No, I think we got it. Oh yeah. Rub a dub dub. David Cage sucks. Yes. Yay God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yahweh. Praise <laughs> Yahweh. But all right, we're gonna get out of here. Um, thank you so much for checking out the show. Like I said, uh, and like I said before, if you want more content from us, just head over to Sorchomp dot com where you can access a whole bunch of stuff. So I want to say thank you to Mr. Josh Fowler, Mr. Rich Meister. And I was your host, Shay. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Um, Hopefully you end up playing the game. And if you already have, hopefully you enjoyed our insight. So take care.